At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. I first started running about 15 years ago as a way to quit smoking. Back then, my running clothes were very Rocky Balboa. So sweatpants, sweatshirt. Anyone who goes hiking or trail running knows that it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when you're wearing the right gear. John G makes performance apparel that'll take you farther on your runs and hikes. They have this merino wool hoodie that I wore on multiple trail runs this weekend. It's soft, it's warm, and most importantly, it does not get stinky when you get stinky. Another reason to love Johnji is that they donate 2% of all sales towards clean water projects, raising nearly $1 million so far. Head to johnji.com to find your new favorite trail wear, outdoors accessories, and essentials. And use the code OUTSIDE for 10% off at johnji.com. That's J-A-N-J-I.com with the code OUTSIDE for 10% off. When I was a little kid, my whole family, grandparents included, packed into a Dodge Caravan and went on a two-week road trip to Wyoming. We saw the rodeo in Cody, a grizzly bear in Yellowstone National Park, and an epic thunderstorm near Devil's Tower. On that trip, I fell in love with the West and the natural world. This might sound cheesy, but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. From New Hampshire Public Radio, this is Outside In, a show about the natural world and how we use it. I'm Sam Evans-Brown, and today we're talking about dogs. One dog in particular. This is Taylor Quimby, and the dog we're talking about is his dad's. But I, I think this is also a story about what we're allowed to do with the property that we own and what we're not. Because when you buy a piece of undeveloped property, what you're really buying is a fantasy. You're buying this dream of what the property will look like once you put in lots of years of work. Yeah, like it's a blank canvas. But what a lot of people don't know is that homeowners don't have a blank canvas. There are lots of rules about what you can and can't do with your property. And this is a story about a guy. My dad. A guy whose dream put him on a collision course with what he thought was a heartless, faceless bureaucracy. Forrest Quimby is a surgeon who lives on Franklin Pierce Lake in Hillsborough, New Hampshire. So, I think it was back in about 1998, we built a deck that had a little screen house, we called it the tea house, and then a permanent dock that was over the water. I mean, you, you used to argue that it was like, the, it was one of the most beautiful, if not the most beautiful deck and dock on the lake. It was, actually. People thought it was, you know, I mean, one of the one of the nicest aesthetic structures on the lake. It was this high-end, three-tiered thing that hung out over the water in a broad semicircle. 
and then climbed up onto the lakeshore in a set of terraced decks topped by this little circular gazebo where you could get out of the bugs but still feel like you were outside. Forrest Quimby loved his dock. Um, you know, and I spent months staining it with three coats of sickened stain so that it would just last and be beautiful. Taylor remembers when his dad announced he had purchased the property, he was sort of like, huh? Because it was just this piece of slopey, undeveloped shoreland full of bushes and mosquitoes. And then eventually, you know, he... he the, the dock went up and this big, beautiful deck and the tea house, which I don't know why it's called a tea house. It is clearly a gazebo. I don't know anybody else in the world who calls it a tea house. Um, that went up and all of a sudden it was like, you could hang out there. You could bring your friends. You wanted to go and swim. You know, you could stay overnight on the futon. Great place to bring your girlfriend. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but the dream didn't last. Eight years after buying the property, Quimby started to make plans for a house, the next big step for creating his dream property. Filing for permits triggered an inspection from the Department of Environmental Services, also known as DES, the agency whose job is to protect New Hampshire's environment. So a DES inspector arrives and he sees a dock and a deck that were illegal. The deck was too close to the water. His dock was too big and supposed to be removable in the winter. In other words, for almost 10 years, Forrest Quimby had been unwittingly breaking the law. The law is called the Shoreland Water Quality Protection Act, which is supposed to protect water quality and wildlife habitat along the shores of the state's lakes and rivers. And DES wanted him to make it right. Tear down the dock. He was outraged. He was outraged that his contractor hadn't mentioned that maybe this dock was illegal. And he was outraged because he didn't think his dock was having any measurable environmental impact. So Forrest Quimby did what people do when they're trying to get out of doing things. He dragged his feet. Pretty much when we talk to all of our friends that live on this lake about the original complaint, they said, I wouldn't do a darn thing. I would literally ignore them. But Forrest isn't the type to completely flout authority, so he figured he would meet them halfway, take down the dock, which he figured maybe had the most environmental impact, but leave up the deck. Then kind of felt like, well, I'm not moving that tea house. <laughs> I really felt like that's a beautiful structure down there. I'm not moving that tea house. Forrest had spent $20,000 on this dream dock for his dream house, Long days in the heat and bugs staining it, and now they wanted him to get rid of it? No way was that going to happen. No way. But while you might not hear it from Forrest Quimby, there is a reason for these laws. What matters is the cumulative impact. This is Judith Spang. I'm Judith Spang. I've been um, in the state legislature for 19 years now. She's been involved in crafting the rules that shoreland property owners live by that entire time. So if you have little docks like that all around a small water body, then it matters. Um, if you gradually get rid of the, the habitat acre by acre by acre where a certain wildlife species uh, lives or nests or whatever then cumulatively, eventually, you've, you've wiped out that wildlife species. The land that Forrest Quimby cleared to build his deck will not by itself ruin the lake's water quality or wipe out the wildlife that lived there. But enough clearing 
could. That said, Judith Spang does commiserate with the Quimby's of the world because she says the way these laws are enforced doesn't always feel fair. The unfairness encourages people to give it a go. You know, maybe I won't get caught. Um, Or if I'm caught, it's only a little bit of a fine. Um, So it's worth giving it a go. There's way too much of that going on. And that unfairness means people like Forrest Quimby often don't follow the laws even after they've been caught. Quimby figured it took them eight years to notice the dock. I'll just meet them halfway. He took down the dock but left the deck and the tea house standing and hoped he'd be able to slip back under the radar. And for a long time, he did. Yeah, it's, it's funny. All that stuff is in here. So I found the part that you were talking about, and that kind of does the timeline. And we pulled Taylor's dad's seven, file from the DES archive to look it over with so him. It shows that for five more years, Forrest got to enjoy his deck with no issues until 2012. It's like they had either chosen to ignore it or they just didn't have time for it, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't know what it is. In 2012, five years after he was told to take down the deck, someone on the lake sent in an anonymous complaint after Forrest dumped what he says was about 20 buckets worth of sand from Home Depot around his shorefront, trying to make a nice sandy spot to walk into the water. Quimby will be the first to tell you that he now knows dumping sand into a lake isn't great for aquatic life, but he's not exactly contrite. Yes, someone must have complained about me putting some buckets of sand down. Yeah, But I know people that come in in the middle of the night in a location where there's certainly no natural beach and put dump truck loads in. So so it's a matter of scale is what you're saying? Matter of scale, right. Here, let's finish putting this thing up. There is at least one person on the lake who thinks what Forrest Quimby did was on a big enough scale to rat him out. And there are many such people sprinkled around the state, those who know the rules that exist to protect the environment and have sort of self-deputized themselves to get out there and help DES enforce them. And because DES does very little in the way of random spot checks to make sure nobody is breaking their rules, this is the number one way that environmental infractions get noticed. So when you get nabbed like this, it can seem very arbitrary, like everyone is breaking the rules, but they only noticed you. That's how Forrest Quimby feels. I mean, we've had the DES on our property multiple times. And it's fascinating. They remind me of like a horse when they're racing with blinders on. Because they literally will walk on your property and pay no attention to a permanent dock over the water and other structures that are within vision and clearly non-compliant. And, you know, that always seemed frustrating to us. So, yeah, and and you're, you're pointing at your neighbor here as you say this. True. <laughs> Forrest took Taylor and I for a ride on his boat so he could point out all of the other docks that he knows aren't legal. He's stoic as he does this, though you can tell he's a little indignant. It's kind of like he's rubbing salt in his own wounds. You know, again, that's non-compliant. That's old, falling apart, non-compliant. Look at this. It's practically every dock. Every time he looks out across the lake, Forrest Quimby sees neighbor after neighbor who got away with his crime. Over the course of a 20-minute boat ride, I don't know how many docks he pointed out, 
Many of them were clearly breaking the rules. Some were probably there before the rules were created, and so they're grandfathered in, but not all of them. And this is one of the funny things about living on a lake. Everyone is just eyeing everyone else all the time. So when people get to have something that you weren't allowed to have, every day when you look out across the lake, there it is, staring at you. The one that really gets forced is the dock made by the same contractor as his. So you've got a U-shaped docking area for a boat, which is covered. You've got a circular dock over the water. And then you have a screen house that looks maybe seven or eight feet from the water line, all constructed well after my dock was done. So how old is this? How old is this? This probably dates to into the 2000s. And was there something, was there, something there before this? There was nothing here before. Nothing. Rounded. It's, it's beautiful and it's aesthetic. And, you know, I look at that and I have absolutely no objections to it. And so the objection that you have is what? Well, the objection that I have is, is that they clearly don't apply any of their laws equally and fairly. I mean, my big issue is this is 2015. You've got satellite reconnaissance photos that you can look at. And frankly, every lake has um, access so that someone from the DES could go on every lake every summer, take pictures, know exactly what's taken place, and not rely on sort of a snitch um, approach to um, generate complaints. Maybe that sounds reasonable to you, but it's more complicated than this. First, there are over 1,600 lakes and rivers in the state protected by this law. And second, even though Forrest thinks DES can use their satellite system to watch everyone, there are about four people who enforce these laws, and only one employee in the state of New Hampshire works on it full time. Think about that. 1,600 bodies of water, four employees. This is not a faceless, arbitrary agency with a vendetta against big docks. This is a handful of government employees who are just carrying out the law, doing their jobs as well as they can. So really, it's no surprise they wind up relying on what Quimby uncharitably calls a network of snitches. I can assure you uh, we don't have a network of snitches uh, that I'm aware of. However, we do encourage people to, if they see something, to say something. This is Linda Magoon, the compliance supervisor at the DES Wetlands Bureau. She is in charge of this bureaucracy that our producer's dad has been maligning this whole story. She'll tell you the docks are only 10 to 15 percent of the complaints they get each year, but the dock owners like Forrest Quimby take up tons of her inspector's time trying to defend them. The real meat and potatoes of what they do has to do with logging permits, major construction projects, and complaints where a wetland of any sort actually gets damaged. It is not an easy job. She says violators are unhappy to see them show up, and the folks who complain are always accusing them of acting too slowly. It's, it's really a, a tough position to be in. It's, 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 a, it's a thankless job. Sometimes it's even a dangerous job. So we had a complaint from a conservation commission about some 
uh, wetlands violations on a on a gravel pit and we heard rumors that the gravel pit owner may be armed and that he carries a gun in his truck so uh, I went to the site with another uh, inspector and we conducted our inspection of the site with the gravel pit owner and he led us back into his office and at that point he he pulled out a a, a gun that was holstered thankfully uh, put it on the table and said one of these days I'm going to take a stand against the state. To the critics who say the DES doesn't come down hard enough or quickly enough on violators, Magoon says these laws are complicated and people often don't realize how or why they've broken them. She says she tries to educate and build bridges with landowners. She says they don't want to be just black hats. But Magoon says these days she's working with about half the staff she once had. Though DES does point out that the number of permits being filed and complaints that they're following up on have been on the decline, too, since the crash of the housing market. But at the same time, when they had more people, Magoon says they used to do spot checks. They would just roll up on sites that had permits and see what was being done. These days, those have become much less frequent. But they are doing the best they can. So with, this, with our smaller staff, and, and uh, you know, because we're wearing many hats... Uh, the ability to be proactive has been a challenge. Uh, however, uh, before you think about violating, know that we've hired two seasonal interns to uh, do compliance inspections, and that is all they're doing, and they're doing a great job this summer. So, so watch out, you violators, you. The summer interns mean business. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
So it's no wonder that even after Forrest Quimby was caught within a legal dock, there wasn't much in the way of follow-up to make sure he was actually taking it down. The only way they were going to check up on a small fry like Quimby was if he got another complaint, like the one he got after dumping sand in the lake in 2012. So here we are, 14 years after the dock was first built. A DES inspector comes out to his house and is like, Hey, you never took down that dang tea house. This time, they weren't screwing around. It wasn't until December 26, 2014, where the tenor of everything changed. That I December 26th, the day after Christmas, the dead of winter. At this point, it's been eight years since DES first cited Forrest Quimby for his illegal deck dock combo. An official legal document shows up in his mailbox, delivered by certified mail, which laid out the whole history of his complaint and notified him that a lien had been attached to his deed. Basically, he wasn't going to be able to sell his property until he got rid of the deck. This is usually step one in enforcement actions like this. Step two is a big fat fine. All of a sudden, all that outrage and hoping to slip under the radar go out the window. The dream doc is in trouble. And so we went out and we got a lawyer who pretty much said, um, the party's over, you might as well remove this uh, before they do fine you. And we hauled this heavy pressure-treated wood through three to four feet of snow to pile it 75 feet or more from the... We had this huge mountain of pressure-treated wood that we, we couldn't take it out at the time. We just had to pile it up. By the spring of this year, 17 years after it was built, Forrest Quimby's big, beautiful, illegal deck dock was no more. In its place, there's some bare ground and a humble seasonal dock, six feet wide and 30 feet out into the water. Over and over, what I've heard in reporting this story is that nobody's particularly happy with the way we enforce. Um, do you think I'm characterizing that right? I do. Um, I do. This, again, is Judith Spang, environmentalist and New Hampshire lawmaker who's been watching this situation for over a decade. She says it's a complicated question of how to make these laws work better, but thinks an easy first step would be educating homeowners about the law when they buy shoreland property before they get too deep into the dream. If you're looking at a property and you, you nudge your, your wife and you say, hey, we take down some of these trees, we'll have a beautiful view, we'll put up a dock, then we can get our, our, our bass boat. It, you buy it, you're buying a dream that is going to set you up for being in violation. And how far you get down the road in realizing that dream before you're caught, if you ever are, um, is it, kind of a matter of chance. And so on we go. Property owners either do or don't know the rules. They break them. Maybe they're caught. Maybe they aren't. The ones who get caught are grumpy, and people who see the ones who get away are grumpy too. But no matter how few cops there are on the beat, it looks an awful lot like pretty much any law. Well, um, I just received a rather hefty speeding ticket in the state of Maine. $420. My legislative plates meant nothing to the officer in the state of Maine. (laughs) It was the fact that suddenly there was a construction zone. Um, There were other cars blasting by me. 
You know, we all see this kind of thing happening everywhere. There are people who are where uh, they're under violation for shoreline, and they're hearing chainsaws off across the lake, and they know that that it's happening. And what can DES do, even if they find out the tree is down? Now what? Um, that's just the way it it works. Since removing his deck, Forrest Quimby has a new design for his shorefront in mind. He's hoping to replace it with some terraced stonework, some natural landscaping. All of it totally by the books. Oh, here we have a... (laughs) Here we have the permit. Properly posted. Properly posted. Yeah. Shoreline permit by notification. Accepted. Yeah. Outside In was produced this week by me, Sam Evans-Brown, with help from Maureen McMurray, Taylor Quimby, Logan Shannon, and Megan Tan. Breakmaster Cylinder made our theme. Special thanks to Cheryl Jensen and Tanya Tellman of the Bethlehem Conservation Commission for talking us through their story. Subscribe to the show in iTunes, on Overcast, and Stitcher, wherever you prefer to listen. Our website, where you can see a picture of Forrest Quimby's dock as it once stood in all of its illegal glory. That sweet, sweet glory. Is outsideinradio.org. Uh, we tweet at Outside In Radio. Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. And thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> Wait, who says that part? I don't know. I said it before. But y- I... You say it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.